Hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall. This show is designed to offer hope for you and your family as you navigate through the struggles of life. We believe that this hope that comes from Jesus can lead you to live a life of victory in Him. I'm Chris Sasser, and today I get to lead us through a conversation about hope. We are glad you're here. Well, hello and welcome to this week's edition of A Voice of Hope. I'm Chris, and I'm here with my friend Troy, and we are having the second part of a conversation around strongholds in our lives. Basically, the fact that we all have these things that almost feel like a vice that locks in kind of behaviors uh, and beliefs that we have in life that are very destructive to us throughout our time. Today, we're going to spend most of our time talking about different specific ways that we can break some of these strongholds in our lives. But on our last episode, we talked about what some of these strongholds are. And so before we go into breaking these strongholds, Troy, why don't you remind anyone who maybe didn't have a chance to listen to our last show what some of these strongholds are. And I would, would recommend to anyone, uh, who, if you know, any of these kind of pique your interest, go back and listen to our last show that kind of talk about strongholds. But Troy, let's talk about what, what these strongholds are, and then we'll talk about how to break them. Unre- excuse me, unresolved wounds, uh, hurt people, hurt people. I think just kind of recognizing that, you know, when we live with our wounds for so long, uh, it reinforces or locks down or is used as a vice to lock in the beliefs and therefore behaviors that we uh, begin to show or demonstrate. Another one is just unconfessed sins, I believe, begin to be a stronghold. I think that scriptures are real clear that part of cl- the cleansing effect from uh, this, the sins that we, we have in life is, you know, confessing it and then being forgiven or experiencing that forgiveness. But that experience is the confession piece, I mean, the cleansing piece of that uh, process. Another one is unbridled pleasure. Uh, pleasure is not ro- necessarily wrong in and of itself. Uh, God gives us many things in this life to enjoy. But when there is no taming of that process and we live a life uh, from one thing to the next seeking self-pleasure, I think that we have locked in a stronghold of our life that you know we might find ourselves that, hey, I wish I could get out of this behavior, but you've built into it uh, a life of unbridled pleasure. Another stronghold I would put uh, just down is just unchartered territory where we have not actually taken the time to look back through generations uh, of behaviors and beliefs that existed that began uh, in someone's life. And physiologically, we, are, we know we come from the generations past. So I think looking back at what did they go through, and you'll see this in genograms and other places that we struggle a lot of times with the things that are those that went before us struggled with. Another one is just uh, just the general principle that I think is from the beginning of time that you know we were created in the image of God, but we are not God. We are to be submissive to God, and so recognizing that that process uh, needs to take place. If we don't do that, then I think we are beginning to build a stronghold in our life that's going to show up through how we think and as well as how we behave. Yeah, so like I said, I would encourage you to go back and listen to our last episode as Troy unpacks uh, each one of those five. But today we're going to spend some time talking about what in the world can we do um, if one or more of those strongholds have taken root in our life? What are some things that we can do in order to break those strongholds? Because that's really where we want to get, right? We don't want to live life where we continue to have these strongholds um, really keep us down. You know, there's a verse in 2 Corinthians uh, that I want to read here. It says, we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, 
to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. And here's where I look back on my training, and I'm so grateful for going to the University of Akron. Uh, it was not a religious school, but it gave me a real clinical background, and it was it was a great experience. So I, t- I take with me in my experience up to this point, you know, secular psychology, which has some truth in it. And I'm now, you know, in a Christian counseling practice, and I believe that the scriptures are full truth and useful for uh, all of the uh, all of life and life's issues. But when I look at this verse, I know at some point over the last 20 years, I realized that so much of my life and the things that I'm trying to overcome or the difficulties that go through, I've treated them lightly in the sense of not aggressively going after what would set me free. And the word war comes to my mind. That if I would see that I am in a war, literally, in the sense of spiritual war, and for my own life and well-being and those that are around me, then I need to go in it not lighthearted. I need to go in it with thinking that, look, I have got to defeat this. And I see that in our struggles, the behaviors, the thoughts that we have, we hurt from them, but we lack the understanding of how do we go after them. And I don't. I do believe ultimately that we are not the ones that free ourselves. I believe there's a verse that says, "If the Spirit sets you free, you are free indeed." And I've probably mentioned this before. The word that stands out there is the word "if." So to me, if the word "if" is there, if the Holy Spirit is going to set me free, I have. I ask this question: What do you mean, if? Don't you want to set me free? And He does. But why would He say if? And I think it's to really call us into the who is doing this. I can't free myself if I'm in chains. I can't free myself if I'm in some kind of bondage. So I'm at the mercy of the Holy Spirit freeing me. So I need to submit to that mercy. So this kind of thinking is like, wait a minute, this is not a worldly weapon that I can use to release this stronghold, knock it down. I need, to, I need something bigger, a mighty weapon from God. But on a practical sense, this is where I would go next, um, is just what does that look like? Uh, I think there are many things, but one is places of inspiration to hear truth. You know, there's a verse that says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And I know that's referencing, yes, the Lord and God is truth, but I think there are principles by which I am unaware. There's a verse that says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and mighty things that you do not know. What if God wants to reveal something to me and I don't have it within myself? Where am I going to be inspired to hear that? Am I listening to other people? Am I reading? Am I learning? I mean, to do these things, that, and this is this one of them, it means that I'm very intentional about this war. I'm very intentional about this battle. And so I think being inspired outside of what I can just gather myself and submitting to that process, what that might look like. Uh, I wonder if people, and and tell me if if this is true or not, if people sometimes are, uh, they're weary and they, they feel like they've been battling for years and years and years when they have a stronghold, so they're not ready to continue to, to go to war. Is it, do, do you find that to be true? 
Absolutely. I think that's the kind of ironic thing is like I'm saying here, go to battle. But I feel like I've been fighting for years. Right. Go to battle, which seems to send the message of try really hard. I think it's more of just, you know, and we'll get to this in a little bit, that we've really got to recognize that this is, this is not going to be done without divine intervention. And so for us to go to that divine place, because we know that this is where the battle is won, but it's not that I'm winning it. It's that God is winning it through me, and there's a difference of who you're, you're trusting in, not a, not a worldly weapon, yeah, a godly weapon. Yeah, and I know one of the things that we've talked about before and that you believe in is that, that you have to have kind of this authentic community of people around you and relationships. And so maybe talk a little bit more about the power of those relationships and, and, and not just you feeling like you have to fight the battle yourself, but you, you have to have people around you to be able to help you with that. We consider it a weakness for people to know our struggle. We consider it a weakness for people to know our struggle. This is so not what God teaches. That God teaches us to live in a community of being real and genuine with truth in front of you, and you're not the truth. He's the truth. And so I take my real self of whom Jesus loves fully as I am in an imperfect state, struggling, really battling. God says, I love you anyway, and I've got freedom for you. So I take my real self, and what, where this gets tested is I can't do that on an island by myself. I can't be over here by myself, and I'm challenged by that. I don't always find that people feel safe. I don't always find that people are helpful. Spoke to someone recently and shared something, and it was, I felt like it didn't really matter, you know. And sometimes it does really matter, but I'm still doing the right thing, and I got to cross that threshold of fear, find good community, and go into those relationships so that it builds a stronger me with other people in there there in life with me. It's interesting. I, I think that that starts at a very early age, kind of that mindset. I even know of a of a young teenager who recently, um, you know, was struggling with some things and needed to, to probably go into some counseling. And they said, well, I don't want to go into counseling because that means I'm broken. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and so it was almost like, you know, I have to hold this close to the vest. I have to be strong. I have to, you know, take care of it myself. I can't open it up to someone else. And just what a dangerous place that is for someone to be especially when, you know, you're dealing with something that's, that's pretty deep, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in that sense, I, you know, I think of, yeah, we are all broken, but God has, has also made a way for us all to experience redemption, which is not a broken state. Yeah. It's a state of being perfected, and God has given this to us. And so I want that, or I should say I want to experience that, mm-hmm. but I do have to cross that threshold first of realizing the need that I have in a broken state. Yeah. And then the last kind of practical way for us to break strongholds is really just to to take some time to take care of yourself. So, Troy, take a minute or so just to talk a little bit about the importance of that. And then on the other side of our break, we're going to talk about just some spiritual ways to break these strongholds. When I thought about taking care of mind, body, and soul, the, the, thought, the word that came to my mind was temple. You know, I'm a temple. You know, I'm a place, this, this physical body that I... <laughs> That I have on the outside of who I am is a t- inside is the temple of where the Lord said this will be where I reside, no longer in a church building, no longer in brick and mortar, but I'm going to live inside of you. You know, so 
for me to experience God who lives in me, mind, body, and soul, I need to really take care of that temple. You know, and that's very difficult. I'm I'm on that list that that struggles with that. <laughs> you know, but I, I know at the same time and have experienced that, man, when I go to taking care of who I am, not out of selfishness, but out of love for God, actually, and I take care of how I think, I take care of my body, I take care of my soul, my emotional state. Um, there are certain things that I do that actually helps this. And I'm like, why does it take so long to get here? <laughs> so. <laughs> so true. So, yeah. Okay. So, we spent a few moments talking about just some practical ways to break these strongholds. And when we come back from our break, we're going to dive into some what are some spiritual ways that we can do that. So, you're listening to a voice of hope. Don't you just love the word renew? It offers a chance to take a look back while holding new possibilities in hand. It's a word that offers healing, but without the bonds of despair, and it seems to point us in a new direction while giving promise to move forward. This is Kim Peverall with A Voice of Hope. This ministry has been created to bring encouragement in a relevant, easy conversation. Through insights offered from Troy, Chris, and their guest, It's our desire that you'll become a voice of hope in your walks through life and into your community. Let's change the narrative of the last year and make a plan to choose positive perspective and embrace hope. Practice peace and fight your tendency to become anxious. Instead, pray. Pay attention to new ways to encourage others. Simple steps like these will affect change in your own life and spill over into your community. We invite you to find more resources for hopeful living at agape-counseling.org and equipandencourage.com. Hey, thanks for listening. We are honored to share this journey together. Well, welcome back to A Voice of Hope with Troy Powell and Chris Sasser, and we're spending some time talking about strongholds in our lives and how we can break those strongholds. And so, Troy, uh, why don't you take us through some spiritual things that we can do in order to be breaking some of these strongholds that we have in our lives. You know, to give us hope, to give us uh, freedom from any stronghold that, as a result of the stronghold, behaviors and beliefs begin to to show up that are destructive. I think we do have to go back to this word battle, um, and it's a good battle to engage in. In fact, if it's a battle that's not engaged in, I think something actually is lost or defeated. And that's a hard concept to think that you actually have to fight for peace but I don't think peace can exist without a fight. And so I think on a spiritual level, I think we have to first acknowledge that we are in a spiritual battle or a war personally. Uh, and, if, and this is not, I didn't make this up. This is out of Ephesians. It says, for we wrestle not with flesh and blood. And I think it's interesting that if you actually look at Ephesians, you'll see relationships in the church. You'll see relationships, husband and wife. You'll see relationship with children. You'll see relationship with uh, other Christians. And then the very last chapter of this, this book, your relationship with a dark world. And so it's right there. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, that would be people, but against principalities and principles, against powers, rulers of darkness in this world, which we see, as well as spiritual wickedness in high places that we can't see. So I have to acknowledge I'm in it. I've been set in a, put in a setting where I'm in a battle. 
And here's the thing. You, we may not want to engage that battle, but just because we don't want to engage that battle doesn't mean we're not in that battle. We're just simply in the battle. We're, not, we're left defenseless. Can, can you identify reasons why people don't want to acknowledge or don't want to be in the battle? Don't want to acknowledge that it's even there or don't want to be in it? Well, it's kind of kooky anyway. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, kind right. of, it's, sure. kind of, it's like, what? It's like I've Principalities? Got to, what are those? I have demons in dark places who live in arid places. Like, come on. It's like a movie that I don't want to watch. I don't, yeah, so I'm putting a movie of something that sounds like a sci-fi, and that's what we call it, fiction. You know, but the fact is, is that we are in a real battle. And that's got to be uh, something that we at some point say, you want to win? You want to see the strongholds released? Then no, first of all, it can't happen. You have to acknowledge, though, that you're in a battle, and it's okay. We know who wins in the end, but we don't have to wait to the end to win. We need to start seeing that we can have victory in these battles as we go. Okay, so once I acknowledge that I'm in the battle, what do I do next? Engage it. Um, I can't stress this enough. I know one time when I was actually here at Port City, uh, one of the, the ministers at this uh, at the church at the time took us through an intensive program of writing out your personal vision. And from from that process, which was a weekend process, um, what I came to really see is that prayer, personally, prayer is a part of my mission statement, my vision for life. And I, at the time, um, had just come off of a an experience that we'll share later on um, where that word prayer changed for me significantly. So the first one I would say engaging in a spiritual battle is learn to pray. Now, here's the thing, mind, body, and soul. So what do I mean by that? The Scripture says when you go, when you pray, go into your inner closet. So I think I really learned the meaning of that because during this time of my life where I was going through something, um, I found myself on my knees next to a couch praying out loud because nobody was around, and pouring myself out my mind verbally, I was talking out loud. I was emotions were in it because I, I was so feeling, and it's like I began to experience prayer for the first time as a believer, you know. And I've been a believer since I was ten years old. But my mind, my body, and my soul were thrown into my prayer. You were life. all in. I was all in, and it was it was awesome to see the victories that began to come from that kind of prayer life. In fact, now I use it as a benchmark to say, you know, for myself, when I'm really praying, am I there? Am I going like that? And I think when I do, I, there's something that changes inside of me, which I think prayer is incredible in that way. But I think also the things around me begin to change. Um, so that's just one one thing I would say, engaging the battle. The Another thing I think engaging the battle is to confess, and we mentioned this uh, earlier, is, uh, you know, confessing your sins to one another and praying for one another, and here's the word. Why? So that you will be healed. And again, I think about the word health. Anytime I see the word heal, first four letters of health, H-E-A-L. And so walking around in a healthy state equals walking around in a healing state. And I think confessing and praying real clearly comes from that authentic relationship that we mentioned earlier where I'm able to tell other people my struggles. Think about doing that. So as hard as that is, because we so are afraid of it, what we're doing is we're breaking a bond of shame. We're we're breaking Mm -hmm. that right there Mm -hmm. because we're saying no longer I'm going to let fear keep it inside of me. 
I'm going to come out of it even and not know what that other person is going to think or say about me. Yeah, I'm not going to hide from it anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's hard to do, but I think it's, there's freedom found in that. Sure. Another one is submit and resist the enemy. Um, scriptures teach to, teach to submit yourself to God. We talked about submission the last time and the importance of this. It's the thing that separates us from, you know, we're made in the image of God, but we're not God. That fine line right there in our thinking, because there's a big chasm between the truth of it, the fine line for me to really recognize that and know it and experience the benefit of it is to submit to Him and not to run, therefore, in the end, ruin my life. So I have got to practice that submission. And then it says, resist the devil. There's got to be a fight. There's got to be a battle. Here again, we're in it. And so I've got to push back. I've got to, to learn that God has said, you've got to, to, to really do this. I think it's interesting in the scriptures when the Lord sent out his disciples to cast out demons. Here again, a spiritual battle. Um, they, they couldn't do it. They got stuck one time. And we see this transaction taking care. It's like Jesus looks at, the, uh, looks at the, the demons and goes, oh, oh, this kind takes fasting and prayer. So even the Lord is showing us there that a spiritual battle may be good and look like this now, but it may need more warfare in a different way like on this issue right here. Mm-hmm. If you ever fasted uh, and prayed and put those two together, it's not easy. Um, I've been on a few fasts and know this is not, not an easy thing to yeah. do. But, oh, wow, stay in the battle and see some victory that may come from that. Okay, so we have to acknowledge that we're in the battle. We have to engage in the battle. And then what's the last thing we want to talk about today? I think dressing for a battle. Um, Ephesians chapter 6, again, goes right to this point where, you know, it's talking about six uh, principles and one that, that we'll close with again. Um, and that's first the belt of truth. Uh, just, you know, putting in my life uh, and recognizing where truth comes from and girding it around myself to really be this, this man that's going to live by the principles of truth. Breastplate of righteousness, this place that protects uh, the vital organs, my heart. Like, am I living in a way that is uh, righteous to God, or at least seeking to do that? Uh, third is to fit my feet with the readiness of sharing the gospel of peace. Um, the fourth is a shield of faith, you know, and... It's a defensive shield. It's where, you know, when I'm being attacked, I have got to pull out my faith, which is to believe in maybe what I can't see, conquering the fears of what I do see, and watch what happens to the, the flaming darts, as we are told, that come at us. Uh, the helmet of salvation, you know, that that protects my mind. I'm not the creator of truth. God is. But that salvation that is going to be there in that battle is going to be to think like God thinks, to know it. The sword of the Spirit and word of the Word of God. Do I know God's Word? It's the only offensive part of this dressing that's seen in this passage. I recall a story in Texas where I was to go back to Texas and get a, uh, a certain license, and I had done all the work there in that uh, state, uh, education as well as experience, Stepped outside of the state, uh, lived up in Ohio, but was planning on flying back, taking the final uh, exam. Got a call from the lady there that I could not go back into the state to take that exam. 
And um, I was I was just shocked after all that work and so, so, so upset. And that Sunday, I actually was supposed to preach on Ephesians chapter 6 in Ohio. And I was going away, though, for these few days before the, the message and was told, you know, no need to come back. You can't take the test. So all those years of experience and education was going to be a wipe, wipeout. Um, but I went inside of McDonald's, got something to eat, and came back out uh, to get in the car. And actually, before I went in there, there, there was a woman in a car, two women in a car, and she was waving something at me, and I thought, something's not right with this, this woman. And so I went out, went in, came back out, and she, she did it again. And I looked at her, and she said these words to me, remember the word, the sword of the Spirit, the word of God. So I knew that had to be from God, that, that, that she was saying something that God had spoken to her. Um, for me, it was like, have faith, you know. But I needed the word of God to fight in that moment, and I began to think of scriptures. Mm-hmm. And the last part of this uh, passage is four times it's mentioned, pray, 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 pray. So we cannot underestimate out of God's word the need for us to engage in conversation with God. Mm. I know I've said this a number of times on the, on our show together, um, but it gets me every time because anytime we talk about prayer, uh, this this quote that I heard one time gets me, and it's um, I've applied it in a number of different areas of life. Uh, ministry without prayer is the highest form of arrogance. And, you know, I've applied that now to parenting. Right. <laughs> parenting without prayer without is the prayer. highest form of arrogance. And just how, you know, we, we sort of do take on, hey, I can do this, I can handle this, uh, where what we really need to be doing is kind of submitting it to God and praying to Him. So, Oh, that's so good. It's real, yeah. Chris. Well, Troy, thanks for uh, these couple of, uh, of shows to being able to really talk about these strongholds, to identify what they are, and to be able to give us some practical and some spiritual ways that we can kind of hopefully get out of those. So we'd love to keep helping you and to be a voice of hope for you. If you kind of need more resources or need some more help, you can go to agape-counseling.org or you can go to equipandencourage.com. And like I said, we just want to be a voice of hope for you. So thanks for listening to this week's uh, Voice of Hope and we'll talk to you next time.